Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I didn't know that. No. I didn't know that either. That would be interesting to talk about. 
And, of course, the Kremlin is ready to release 20,000 hacked Hillary emails. Uh Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And we'll talk a little bit later. Clarence Thomas argues states can establish official religion. Yeah. Isn't that something sick? He's one of the worst appointees. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And on the environmental side tonight, we want to talk about the Navy is allowed to kill and injure nearly 12 million whales, dolphins, and other marine mammals in the Pacific. 12 million. Wow. Everything petroleum does, hemp does better. Well, that's true. We've known about that for a long time. Yeah. And here's something. If the Democratic Party didn't want trouble at its convention, then maybe it shouldn't have purged hundreds of thousands of voters from the rolls, rigged the primaries, changed voters' affiliations, and shouldn't be using superdelegates to override voters. Well, saying you don't want trouble now after doing all that is like uh, poking a hornet's nest with a stick and expecting not to get stung. Yeah, I, get, I agree so with that. Yeah, yeah. Really, really sad. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's let's move on here and get some uh, hot info. Huh. Uh, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people might have heard about the the Nevada revolt, you know, by the Bernie Bernie people. Mm-hmm. You know, this article doesn't really go into it as much as I'd like to, but explains how um, the people are getting screwed by Bernie. Bernie's people are getting terribly screwed. Over and they and and all of the primaries and the things. And well, you can thank the Democratic Party for that. The way they run their uh, party is disgraceful. It's run to keep people out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Democratic Party because is, they're running is anything it, but democratic. I was going to say because they're running it that way, this might destroy them. Oh yeah, and, they will. Uh, they will. That's the way it has I to mean, be. Maybe that's the way it has to be. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to grab all the by the grab all these uh, these uh, party hacks by the hair and uh, you know pull them out into the street. That's what they're doing now. They're Barbara Barker and uh, uh, Feinstein and all, all these all these uh, crazy ass Hillary uh, superdelegates. Senator Barbara Boxer, a veteran of Democratic politics, says she never saw anything quite like this before. Yeah. Loud cursing, shouting, obscene gestures, and vile insults, including crude comments about the female anatomy. It was all on display over the weekend as supporters of Bernie Sanders turned the Nevada State Democratic Convention into chaos. I was not I'm able not to stop these people. Because it's a lot faster than walking Sorry, for president. Have you found a running mate? Maybe that's that. That's a little audio on that piece. No, no, it's just not. It's, it's something different. Oh, um, I was not able to stop these people for doing what they did. Boxer, a Hillary Clinton supporter, told CNN. Apparently, they've done it before. This group of about a hundred were very vocal, and I can't describe it. Disrespectful doesn't even explain it. It was worse than that. Well, they think cheating is all right. So. Oh, yeah, cheating is Boxer not. is hardly the lone Clinton supporter who experienced such harassment on the campaign trail. Several top Democrats told CNN publicly and privately that the energy and the enthusiasm of Sanders supporters has at times descended into incendiary ta- attacks that threatened to tear apart efforts to unite Democrats against Donald Trump. 
several female senators told CNN the attacks have been mis misogynistic. What's more, many Democrats fear that if Sanders does not rein in his supporters, the same ugly scene that occurred in Las Vegas last week could replicate itself in the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. He should get things under control, Box has said of Sanders, <clears throat> saying it was worse than the vitriol during the Bush-Gore 2000 recount. We're in a race that is very critical. We have to be united. He knows that. I have, in fact, called him a couple of times, left a couple of messages. I'm hopeful he can get control of this. Senator Dianne Feinstein of California said, I do, when asked if Sanders should drop out of the race after voting concludes on June 7th, giving Clinton a chance to pivot to the general election ahead of the July convention. I think it would be most regretful if there becomes a schism, Feinstein says. That's what Donald Trump should want, a schism in our party. It's a responsibility, particularly of Senator Sanders, to see that doesn't happen. Well, uh, I don't think they've, I think the uh, Clinton supporters have worked to make it happen. Yes, of course. They have. Uh, they, they deliberately ignored 60 of the, of uh, 60. They cut them right out of the count uh, in Nevada for 60 uh, Bernie Sanders delegates, okay? Delegates. All right, and gave the and and split the split the delegates to fifty fifty or something. And it when didn't, she actually when it shouldn't won, have been that when way. When he actually won the won the, the the debate, you know, won the damn thing. The right? primary. Yeah, and she's been doing this all along. Okay, these damn uh, Democratic uh, super delegates, super and, delegates and, and all all these registrars of voters have all yeah, sold and, out. and even when he wins the the primary or the caucus, they wind up uh, you know rigging the freaking delegate vote. Okay, mm -hmm. it's it's really sick. It's really sick. She's lost 19 out of I don't know how many uh, primaries and caucuses already, and he's still she's you know he's ahead in the winning. He's ahead in the winnings. They say, oh, we got three million more votes. That's not true. She did not get that. That is not true. All right, she is way behind Bernie in in that. They're just not counting them. All right, they're not counting the, the those uh, tallied for Bernie. They keep saying, oh, she's three million ahead. That's not true at all, all right? And it's been proven true or not true. I'll just all go right? up a little bit, please. Um, on Tuesday, Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid said he had a long conversation with Sanders to lay out what happened in Nevada. He said that he condemned condemns that. I'm confident he does, Reid told reporters. This is a test of leadership. Reid declined to comment when asked if he was worried that Sanders' backers could upend the national convention this summer. But Sanders' statement Tuesday was defiant, saying that the Democratic Party has a choice that can open its doors and welcome into the party his backers or maintain its status quo. At the Nevada convention, the Democratic leadership used its power to prevent a fair and a transparent process from taking place, Sanders said adding that there have been zero reports of violence during his massive rallies across the country. Asked to respond Tuesday afternoon, Reed was angry, telling CNN it's a silly statement that someone else prepared for him. Bernie should say something, not have some silly statement, Reed said. Bernie is better than that. I'm surprised by his statement. I thought he was going to do something different. Well, what is he supposed to do? Just hand everything to her? 
she's cheated and lied her way yeah, to where she is. Just way down. See, my my biggest fear of, of Bernie Becker when he, when he when he began was he was letting her walk all over him, mm-hmm. right? And she was starting to take it. She was cheating in the fall. She was cheating everywhere. You know, finally, finally, his, his you know he got you know got enough uh, nerve and enough uh, backbone, you know, to finally stand up to her, all right, and stop having him uh, her kick him in the in the in the groin. You know, on and all these debates and 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 on public speaking, so he just started to do it to her, and she didn't like it very much. You know, yeah. oh, stop being such a nasty boy. You know, and she, oh, it was really ridiculous. Still is. Now, finally, Bernie's backers, Bernie's supporters, got more balls than Bernie, and he go, they're going out there and bashing, you know, chairs and uh, and, and 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 threatening to break up the system. All right, that should have been broken up. A hundred years ago, you know, I mean, this two-party system has been a tyranny to this country, a dictatorship, and uh, should be banned, completely banned, all right, broken up, piecemeal. I mean, the Democrats and the Republicans after this election are bull crap. There's nothing left to them, all right? And the entire well, and, and all, the, and all the election laws Excuse are going to change. They're, they're all going to change. They're going to try to hold on. There's they're no going to try, but they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Between the Trump supporters and and the and the the Sanders supporters, Jesus. You know, yeah, the Republicans are trying to get together and not fund Trump enough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they want to kick him out. So there's going to be a huge battles in both conventions, and the major parties are going to lose. They're going to lose so badly. It won't be won't even be fun. I mean, not that I'm supporting Trump. I just don't like what's happening to him either. No, I mean, uh, you know, he is the Guy who was nominated in their in their so sacred process. Yeah, exactly. And and all of a sudden, oh no, we can't have him. You know, it's like yeah, when the entire country says, go ahead, get him, take him. The only one who has any money is Hillary. Has a ton of money is Hillary Clinton because they fix. They want to fix the election. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. In the interview with CNN, uh, large Lang called on Sanders to publicly apologize. Yeah, I'm not. Re- I I've not received an apology. Lang said. I don't know who Lang is here. Uh, oh, that's she's the registrar there of, uh, in the state of. Well, he didn't do anything. Whatever. No, I've not received anything with the campaign. I haven't seen anything that says they should stop, and it's going to continue unless people are made made to feel like this is, isn't okay. This isn't behavior we should have. Yeah, they said they get they put her they put her phone number out uh, up on uh, on Facebook or something. Huh? <laughs> Social media. She got over a thousand phone calls in one day. On Tuesday, the Nevada Department Public Party, the Democratic Party, sent a formal complaint to the Democratic National Committee, saying Sanders backers and campaign officials actively incited disruption and violence at the convention. Well, Sanders campaign manager Jeff Weaver said on. CNN, uh, Newsday, New Day, Tuesday, that people who are supporting the senator should act in a civil way. Well, Trey should obviously fight with its content, and uh, by fight, I mean contest it. If there is a convention, they should be there. They should present their case, and then they should let the votes fall where they may, Weaver said, and adding there should be no threats of violence. But he also took aim at Democratic leaders in Nevada, saying the state party has a lot of problems. 
and is run poorly, and the system is the silver state is in the silver state is done very undemocratically and is dysfunctional. Uh-huh. There seems to be an unwillingness on the party of the Demo- of the Nevada Pro- Democratic Party to bring in all of the new people that Bernie Sanders has brought into the process. We were said now, on Monday evening. Reed, who Harry Reed, who has uh, ruled the Nevada State Party for years. Uh, Blamed Sanders backers for inciting the bedlam that ensued at the convention. I've been dealing with Nevada state conventions for 50 years. To say I was disappointed was an understatement, uh, Reed told CNN. But uh, I hold his people accountable, and I'm sure if Bernie found out about it, he would uh, not accept that happened he, there. Not accept what happened there. He is a filth Senator. With Sanders warning that he plans to take his campaign to the July convention in Philadelphia, even if he's trailing Clinton-impelled delegates, Democrats are growing increasingly fearful that what happened in Nevada could be repeated just as the party is struggling to unite after a spirited primary. Senator Majority Whip Dick Durbin of Illinois said, of course he's concerned that the same tactics would be replicated in Philadelphia. We saw what happened at the Trump rallies, which broke into violence, people punching one another. I don't want to see that happen in the Democratic Party, Durbin said in an interview in the Capitol. I call on Bernie to say to his supporters to be be fervent, be committed, fervent, but be committed, but be sensible. Don't engage in any violence. And he said that. He said don't engage in violence. Top Democrats say that his it is incumbent on Sanders to bring his supporters into the fold or risk electing Trump. He can't He can't tell people how to vote. They support him, but if he's not the nominee, they, they might vote for someone else yeah. or not vote at all because the person that the Democratic Party is supporting does not have the values no. that Bernie Sanders does. In fact, you got to remember that there's a Bernie or bust movement out there right now of Bernie supporters. Uh-huh. Uh, they would rather, they would, uh, they, will unless, vote. Uh, they will not vote if Bernie does not get the nomination. Yeah, I could They will it. not vote for a Democrat. They will not vote for, for a uh, uh, Hillary. No, why would they? They will not. I mean, it. she represents, all she is is Republican light, yeah. so why would anybody, they would want, rather why see, would a Democrat yeah, vote they would for rather her? see Trump beat, you know, who will beat, who would beat Hillary. Okay. All the polls show that that um, that uh, Trump that uh, Trump, Trump could be beat by Bernie, not by Hillary. Mm-hmm. All right, and Hillary's got so much negative baggage on her that, that it, they, they think that they could actually lose by a landslide to Trump. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, because people just will say, "Fuck her." Oh, forget her. I don't want her. I mean, they may may not like Trump very much, but they just like. But they it. may not even vote, or they may just vote for Trump just to say, "Oh, this I can't vote for Hillary." You know what I mean? And uh, I would even do that if it came to worst, you know, if the worst came to worst. I think people feel <laughs> that way about each of them, Hillary yeah, and yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that there are certain people that can't stand him either, so or, those or people they, or, won't or vote. Yeah, and her. her. They won't so vote either. So it'll be a, a, a loss again of millions and millions of voters who won't vote. And, uh, of course, unfortunately, Democrats will, will lose, but, the, uh, hey, they did it to themselves, and they won't regain, you know, unless unless they clear clean out all the old established idiots. And Hillary is finally in prison, you know. 
But Senator added, in this campaign, Sanders has gotten a lot of people engaged. He should be able to go through the primaries that he's committed to do. And Hillary did that in 08. And Shaheen said, um, hopefully once the nomination is done, then he will endorse the nominee. I can't <laughs> yeah, right. to that. Again, if he wins, I wonder if she would endorse him. No. Yeah. Well, that would be great. I would, I'd like to see that happen.
Um, okay. Yeah, what I was trying to say is uh, expect violence, expect chaos at the convention. Mm-hmm. You can really expect that because, man, yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's going to be fun in the sun. Well, he got more votes. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And and his people are willing to fight for their rights. And the uh, Hillary people just want to just think they can uh, steal your rights. Steal it. Steal it. Steal and you. lie your rights. Bastards. All right. Well, and similar to her emails. I had res- I once had years ago, years ago, back in 2004, was the last time I had any respect for Barbara Boxer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after the uh, after the uh, concession by Kerry. Oh, that was... You know, she called together the Democratic Senate, Democrats in the Senate to, uh, you know, uh, to uh, demand a recount, you know, yeah. of, of, the, of the Democratic, of the vote. And, uh, you know, and that was the last time she ever stood up for anything that I can think of. You know, and after that, she wound up uh, becoming a, a Hillary buddy. And then, uh, you know, now she's uh, being, uh, now the karma is paying her back. Ha-ha! So, her and uh, Feinstein there, yeah. uh, you know, the, 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 the two sisters of the Yaya sorority, you know, the Hillary Rodham Clinton sorority. All right, uh, uh, one one more thing. Rules to make uh, more workers eligible for overtime. Yeah, they've talked that, a lot about that on the news. It's been on the news today a lot, but I, I think it's important yeah, that well. we mark that, note, note that with this. Because each program that we do is archived, okay, and, and each program is recorded and archived in, in our system. And this this is history. This is this is stuff that should be remembered, all right, uh, marking significant moments in in, in Well, it just shows that money is how how money but is becoming devalued. Leo, but, you have no, to. It's not you know, just that. I'm just is. trying to say that this we, I, I, we we do this to, for for historical reference, okay. And this is a significant bill that's being, you know, done. Well, it just shows how money is devalued, that you have to earn $47,000. You know, it used to be much less than that. So you're earning $47,000, you can't even live on it. Well, that's what's happening. That's, These people are working hard. They're not getting time and a half. Yeah, well, and, anybody uh, under $47,000 winds up getting overtime. Anybody over salaried employees over $47,000, right, uh, or $50,000, right, um, no, so it would raise the threshold to $50,440, right. However, the law firms, the final however, version law firms and worker 000. advocacy groups say the final version lowers the proposed threshold slightly to 47000 right. Still about 5 million salaried workers are expected to be newly eligible for overtime, and a rule which likely would take effect in two or three months also is expected to include a mecha- mechanism to raise the threshold annually. Isn't that good? Well, I think it is That's good. good. But I think it's very sad uh, you have to earn that much, uh, you know. Uh, they've done that for years with salary employees. So, you know. Oh, yeah. They make you a supervisor. Yeah. It represents a significant step forward in the effort to boost wages for working people. Uh, says Ross uh, Eisenberg, Vice President of Liberal Economic Policy Institute. Many businesses will convert salaried employees to hourly employees and ask them to punch a clock and track their hours, uh, according to the National Federation of Independent Business. Yet even those who remain on salary 
will have to monitor their hours and get paid time and a half for logging more than 40. Okay. Um, they'll probably be told they can't earn, more, they can't work more than 40 hours. Right. Well, and they'll uh, be know, deducted or whatever, whether docked or whatever they'll do. No. Entry level management positions are going to disappear, and those uh, employees will fall back into hourly jobs. Um, the large number of uh, small businesses are expected to instruct their employees to work no more than 40 hours a week because they can't absorb the added costs, says Dan Broach, um, NFIB Senior Manager of Regular Policy. To make up the productivity gap, some firms will likely hire part-time workers, he says. Others are expected to cut the base pay of affected employees to account for the extra money they'll make in overtime. <laughs> Jesus, God. Uh, imagine that they're going to cut people's pay so they But Richard Alfred, head of Seaforth Shaw's wage and hour practice, says many larger companies will pay the additional overtime cost or bump up employees to the new threshold to avoid shelling out the overtime cash. Labor has estimated about 1.2 million Americans will actually receive increased wages uh, through overtime or higher base salary. Oh, good. Well, some people are getting ahead. I don't know if a lot of people are getting ahead on it, but, you know, they always find ways to kick you in the pants. Yeah. Well, layoffs notices are sent to 113 judicial branch employees, including uh, staff from the Merit and Connecticut Superior Staff uh, Court. Well, they had judicial layoffs. That's yeah. true. And uh, we spoke about this last week with Larry Dorman. And uh, the judicial uh, stage, I mean, just all the all the areas. A lot of layoffs. All the, you know, all the different departments. I mean, they were talking about uh, 3,000 layoffs or something. The judicial branch Monday in Connecticut approved a positional. Provided a positional position, breakdown position. of layoff notices sent out earlier this month. Almost half of the layoff notices, 53 were to judicial marshals, including 15 from the New Haven Superior Court, which handles the more serious cases from Meriden Superior Court. The most recent 113 notices were sent out May 5th, bringing the branch's total to 239, after the judicial branch also laid off 126 employees in April. The branch also said more layoffs could come as it continues to review changes to budget for fiscal 2016, which begins July 1st. Locally, Meriden will lose two marshals, while the Barterbury Superior Court and Middletown Superior Court will each lose one. The Meriden and Middletown Courts will each lose a probation officer, while Waterbury's will lose an intake assessment and referral specialist. New Haven Court, meanwhile, will lose four juvenile probation offices and an intake assessment and referral specialist. So there are a lot of um, yeah, lawmakers. More to come, too, they say. Oh, yeah. And $48.8 million, $48 million in cuts in the judicial branch. And lawmakers cut a total of $821 million as part of a budget fix to close the $960 million deficit in next year's budget. And the judicial branch layoffs are separate from the ones at Malloy, who said uh, the state needed to reduce its workforce by 2,500 positions, is currently doing within executive branch agencies. 
Employment counselors say their programs aim to help the long-term unemployed rebuild their self-confidence. What we focus on on the folks that are long-term unemployed is let's look at your skills first. Are they up to date with what you need? Is there a current industry certificate that maybe you could go to some short-term training that would help you become more employable? We have internal workshops just on the, the basic job readiness stuff, right, getting back into the workforce. Does your resume look like it needs to? Do you have a cover letter? Do you have a social media presence? Ed Turner, meanwhile, keeps checking the job postings every day. It looks like it's the same as it was yesterday. There's no new ones. Here in Colorado and in many places across America, middle-class jobs with benefits remain hard to find, and it's a reality that doesn't look likely to change anytime soon. Mary McCarthy for Telesur, Denver. Approximately 20% of New Yorkers are currently living in poverty, and now some residents are turning towards a different economic model to earn a living. Let's look back at reporting from our correspondent, William Denslow, in 2014. House cleaning is often a thankless task, but for Maria Aguila and Rosa Palikibai, life is getting a lot better than it used to be. There is a big difference between working elsewhere and working as part of this cooperative. Out on the street, I would charge $10 an hour as compared to here, where I can make anywhere between $15 to $20, and that is a big difference. Before joining the Apple Eco Cleaning Cooperative, finding regular work in New York was tough going, and for Rosa, being a single mum made it even tougher. Both Maria and Rosa have been working at the co-op for over a year, and they say it's not just the wages that help. Because it's a worker-owned initiative, all employees have a say in the business, and that means learning new skills. And with these skills brings confidence. Maria says she couldn't use a computer before she joined, but now she helps run the company's finances. A skill that's helping her at home, too. Now with the cooperative, I'm learning finances, so I handle my own finances now. I surpassed myself. The change was different, and now I can spend more time with my kids. He's pledged over $1 million in funding worker cooperatives. And as the gap between the rich and poor grows in America, some economists say schemes like these will continue to generate interest. As long as we see, you know, these abject economic failures in the private economy, there's going to be more openness to new, to new ways of organizing business. If worker cooperatives like this continue to grow in New York, economists like Parrot say they could have an influence on more traditional businesses too. With more competition, the hope for many would be that employers would be forced to up wages and improve conditions for existing workers. While experts say schemes like worker cooperatives won't address the unemployment problem overnight, both economists and politicians will be looking closely at initiatives like these to see if they can bring a lasting relief to some of those most in need. William Denslow, Telesaur, New York. The economic crisis that began years ago created significant property depreciation, and the housing market in Richmond, California, Bill has many residents with a mortgage on high alert, but an initiative called Eminent Domain could protect homeowners from losing out on their investment. Our next story came from correspondent Maria Juliana Brick. In we got issues here. 
Richmond, in California, nearly half the homes are worth much less than their mortgage. In order to avoid abandonment of homes, more foreclosures, urban blight, and loss of tax revenue, the city has proposed a controversial strategy of buying back these underwater mortgages at fair market value using eminent domain. Eminent domain has been used as a tool by which municipalities would claim land for a greater public good. The real issue is how this housing crisis has devastated neighborhoods. Your eyes do not deceive you. You can drive through our, some of our neighborhoods. You can drive through neighborhoods throughout California and certainly the United States, and you can see what it's done to neighborhoods. And it's incredibly, extremely unfortunate. The result of this crisis, we are seeing uh, some communities that are ghost towns. The middle class is being squeezed here in Northern California and some other high-cost parts of the country. At the height of the crisis, it's, it was really exemplified in part by gigantically large uh, foreclosure numbers. So we were looking at about a million foreclosures nationally in 2006, about 1.1, 1 1.2 in 2007, 2 million in 2008, 3 million or so in 2009. We have an imbalance in our housing system and not enough controls in place to protect people. Investors are swooping in and buying up foreclosed on properties uh, by the hundreds, and by the thousands. Rents are skyrocketing across the Bay Area. And some of our, many of our other communities, rural communities, communities of color, values are still down. And that anyway, um, there's something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, why Walmart can't afford to give its workers 50% uh, oh. Okay. Oh, really? They're going to try to justify that? Yeah, well, they do. They try to. And it says, uh, something here. Fortune, uh, this is from Fortune magazine. Uh, the world's largest retailer is under fire for its low wages, but the numbers show it can easily pay more without, taking it, without tanking its stock. Fortune magazine says, when a Walmart executive boasted at a Goldman Sachs investor conference in September that 475,000 of the company's U.S. stores associates make more than $25,000, meaning that a large portion of its 1.4 workers in the U.S. make less, <laughs> a long simmering debate about the company's wages boiled over last week. A large protest outside a California Walmart store led to 50 arrests. Wow! Using yeah, using the anger pay scale, uh, using the anger pay scale, a salary information site estimate that Walmart CEO Mike Duke's 2012 pay of 23.2 million dollars oh was 1,034 times more than the company's average worker, and Walmart has called that figure inflated. But so. How much should Walmart um, pay its employees? Uh, yeah, its uh, employees. To tackle the tricky question, I crunched a bunch of numbers and concluded this. Walmart's workers should get a 50% raise. And get this, the company wouldn't even have to disappoint Wall Street to pull it off. I'll explain the math in detail. He says, and there are a number of ways to answer the question of what Walmart should pay its employees. 
And one possibility is this, the lowest ways that Walmart can get away with paying. That is probably the way many employers do it, but it's far from the best economic answer. Better-paid employees are likely to work harder and stick around longer. If employees made more, they would have more to spend at Walmart. And many critics argue that because Walmart made $17 billion in profits last year, they can afford to pay more and even has an obligation to do so. And that's silly, too. So, uh, uh, public companies have to make enough money to satisfy shareholders or else their stocks uh, tank and executives end up getting canned. Well, I gave up with that, uh, with what I feel is a better, more scientific way to determine the answer. Then I called a couple of really, and I can't move this page now. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, uh, I called a couple of really smart economists to get it, it peer-reviewed. And... Um, yeah who teaches, uh, this guy, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Sendel? Malena. Sendel Malena. Who teaches at MIT and received the MacArthur Genius Grant for his work in behavioral economics a few years ago. I see why he's a genius, because when he was when he was little, like three, he had to know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that started him on the road. Uh, it's probably with Sheldon. And uh, genius grant for his work. Okay, uh, he says companies have more discretion in setting wages than they let on. And really, the question is not whether this is possible, but why some companies do it this way. Says um, Malaysia. Walmart didn't respond to the request for comment. I'll bet. So, without further ado, here's my methodology: start with Walmart sales. Then subtract what it has to pay the suppliers that make all the stuff on its shelves. Last quarter, that number was $28.7 billion. What remains is Walmart's gross profit. Walmart, like all companies, has to split that between three groups, bondholders, stockholders, and employees. How much should go to each? Bondholders are easy. They've agreed in advance to an interest rate. Last quarter, Walmart's interest payments were $553 million. That leaves us with $28.2 billion based on last quarter of $112.8 billion a year. How much to pay stockholders is a little bit tricky, but you can figure it out by looking at the market. Here's where my math comes in. Stock market valuations and return on equity, REO, ROE, tend to go hand-in-hand. Hand. ROE is the measure of how much income a company makes compared to the company's net worth which is also sometimes called shareholders' equity. Charles Lee, a finance professor at Stanford, my second peer reviewer, has done a lot of research that shows investors are willing to pay more for companies that can produce higher returns on shareholders' equity. But you can also use Lee's research to figure out just what returns Walmart's investors are looking for. The average return on investment of retailers on the S&P 500 is 16.95%. Their, share their shares trade at price-to-book ratio of 2.9. Walmart's price-to-book ratio is 3.5, is 20% higher than the group, which means that investors, based on Walmart's current $79 share price, 
are expecting it to produce higher than average return on investment. How much higher? Lee says the relationship is not linear or one for one. Let's call it 18%. That's based on Walmart's current stock price. Investors are signaling that they are looking for a return of 20%. Remember, that's not the money that Wall Street actually pays out to investors. Most of the money is reinvested in its business. But it does pay out some in forms of dividends. And Walmart has a higher dividend yield than the average retailer on the S&P, 2.4% versus 1.3%. Adjust that for Walmart's valuation versus other retailers, and that means 4.6% of the return shareholders are looking for comes from the giant retailer's oversized dividend. That means the return of investment uh, has to satisfy investors after dividends is 15.4%. It's a little complicated. But anyway, they're, they're not doing too badly as Walmart. I guess investors. not. I guess they can. And, and they could definitely afford to give these guys a raise. You know, get them they just don't like, want to. Yeah, you know, they just don't want to. They want to keep the cash and give their CEO a huge, uh, huge raise. And themselves on the board. Uh, of course. So, and, uh, you know, people tend to forget that Hillary used to be on the board of, of Walmart yeah. That's right. She was a board of, of directors of Walmart. So she approved all this stuff. Yeah. And got paid while she was there. Exactly. Remember, guess what state Walmart started in? Arkansas. Yep. Yep, yep. So having the first lady of Arkansas on their board was probably a, a, an interesting thing. Uh, they got away with it. She's been getting away with crap like that her whole life. Yep. Uh, just amazing. Sanders camp slams Debbie Wasserman Schultz for throwing shade on the, his campaign. Mm. Remember, she's the head of the Democratic Party. National Committee. Yeah. National Committee, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but still similar to that. Uh, she gets there by. You, you can well, only she's get from there Florida, by Florida, right? Uh, where they had all those crooked votes. Yeah, but prior to her was Howard Dean. Yeah. For years, remember? Yeah. Remember Howard? Yeah. The one who screamed? Uh, I just remember. From Vermont. He's the guy who betrayed the, the left. Yep. He betrayed all the anti-war guys. Uh, he wound up getting Bush for another four years. Uh, all orchestrated by these parties. Well... It's your turn. No, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. We'll end, we'll end the politics with this one. I'd like to, to to excite everybody about the burning fields of GMOs in Hungary. Uh, huh. They burned everything at, 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 at Monsanto in, in Hungary. That's a nice thought. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the insults are being hurled inside the Democratic Party as part of the fallout from last Saturday's Nevada Convention. The latest contrary rolling, uh, roiling the Democratic Party shows no sign of abating Wednesday as Bernie Sanders' campaign put the onus of the rift-splitting debate on Debbie Wasserman Schultz's failed leadership, accusing her of throwing shade on the Vermont senator from the beginning. Huh. The, the chaos uh, that ensued Saturday in Nevada at its state convention over what some perceived as unfair delegate allocation erupted into the national scene and has lingered 
beyond two additional Democratic primaries, exposing the Democratic Party for infighting as the Republican Party takes steps to unify itself uh, behind uh, its presumptive presidential nominee. Well, Sanders' campaign fired back at Wasserman Schultz on Wednesday morning after the National uh, the National Committee chairwoman panned the campaign's anything-but-acceptable response to reports of violence and threats from Sanders supporters at the Nevada Democratic Convention over the weekend. Jeff Weaver, Sanders' campaign manager, pointed, pointedly accused Wasserman Schultz of undermining the Sanders campaign forum and the get-go and called into question her leadership. He categorically condemns all any kind of any kind of a threat that went on. Absolutely unacceptable, we were told CNN on Wednesday. Before accusing Wasserman Schultz of throwing shade on Sanders' campaign since the very beginning, citing a limited debate schedule that featured weekend debates, the campaigns revoked access uh, to its voter data and joined uh, fundraising agreements with Hillary Clinton's campaign that Weaver said takes money away from the state parties and goes to the DNC. Look, I gotta say, it's not the DNC we were at it. You don't want, you know, by and large, people at the DNC have been very good to us. Debbie Wasserman Schultz really is the exception. The fracas over the uh, weekend escalated on Tuesday after Nevada Democratic Party lodged a formal complaint to co-chairs and members of the DNC Rules and Bylaws Committee over the conduct of Sanders supporters. All right. The state party warned that the very dangerous atmosphere that ended in chaos and physical threats to fellow Democrats is indicative of what could happen in Philadelphia, a notion Hillary campaign has pushed back on. So expect some real trouble in the campaign. Oh, I do? I, I, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Unless Bernie wins outright, you know, before that. Um, Every Washington Schultz has really been a divider and not really provided the kind of leadership that the Democrat Party needs. Weaver said he speaks with high-ranking Democrats at the DNC with frequency, but suggests there isn't consensus in terms of her tactics, calling the revoked voter data access last year a unilateral decision from Wasserman Schultz. Believe me, there was tremendous pressure inside the party structure for her to relent, and Weaver said, I don't really know what her motivation is, but it's been clear there's a pattern of conduct from the beginning of this campaign that has been hostile to Bernie Sanders and his supporters, and she's really become a divisive figure in the party. Wasserman defends herself and says that she's fair, but everybody knows Wasserman is a Hillary, a Hillary wonk, and she's doing everything she can because Hillary probably promised her uh, a big job if she got, uh, you know, right? I wouldn't blame uh, someone for wanting a good job, don't we all? Yeah, but you know, hey. To, to, just just so we can we can end on a positive note, I think. Well, I think this is. I don't know yeah, what to think about this. Americans, America. yeah, America pretends there are only two genders, but did you know that the Navajo honor four genders? Yeah, well, let's I, find out. There's a little video here that talks about it. So let's. let's I wanted to people to hear about this one. So you know, the Indians had were way ahead of everybody back then.
as two spirit points out in its opening in another time uh, Martinez would have been honored instead he was murdered in 2001 at the age of 16 all due to his two-spirited nature and gender identity Navajo scholars included in the documentary Wesley Thomas states in Navajo teaching in the old traditional world there were four basic genders Women are the first gender because Navajo is a matrilineal society. Men are the second gender. And the third gender is Nadalihai, who is born as a male person but functions in the role of a girl in early childhood and the role of a woman in adulthood. And it's just the opposite for the fourth gender, Thomas adds, where they were born biologically female but function in the role of a boy in early childhood and matured into a man and conducts their life in that gender identity. In Western culture, when they say a girl, there's an automatic assumption that the girl is female. Or when they see a boy, they never pause to think that that boy may be female, Thomas points out. Mainstream America, however, would like clear-cut Ken and Barbie illusion maintained, complete with missing genitalia, to keep us all from thinking of those naughty parts. But if you do get Americans thinking of those hoo-hoos, muffins and whatnots, it better be sexual, preferably to sell products. Don't give them any of the breastfeeding in public business and never ever make them uncomfortable enough to wonder if you're living a gender identity that if they feel conflicts with your unmentionables. Otherwise, as Martinez found out, they just may make you pay with your life proving once again just how much mainstream America still learned from the indigenous people. That's very sad. Yeah. Well, they got a point there. I never really thought about it Yeah. Anyway, that way. They were, they were ahead of their time spiritually. They really were. Or are. But um, I want to, uh, let's, let's uh, we're going to leave it tonight. Uh, it's the end of the show. And we're out of time. But we want to thank everybody who joined us. And we want to say, um, have a great, have a good yeah. evening, folks, and yeah. keep. Oh, and don't forget, uh, uh, if you can check it out, the uh, they just burned uh, burned out the, all these Monsanto every field, every general genetically modified cornfield wow. in Hungary. All right, has been burned. Wow. They don't want any of those. Seeds. I don't blame they don't want them. Any of that, and they're, and they're because it 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 doesn't produce a good yield, as they found. And, and it's another and Monsanto hoax. Exactly, and it's a it's a form of poison. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It's because it's uh, the insecticide that's in it, the modified within it. So anyway, um, all right. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, have a good week. Uh, you might want to join me tomorrow night. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing a, a special. Uh, on Thursday night. So, uh, good night, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.